Joe, would you bow your heads and pray with me? No, we can't do this. Hail independent Christian movies full of trash. (laughs) We thank you for your bountiful movies you have given us. From Kirk Cameron saving himself in the rapture, to Kirk Cameron saving his marriage, to Kirk Cameron saving the idea of a consumerist Christmas in a two-hour PowerPoint presentation. We ask you to bless our listeners and to bless the hunkiest and dreamiest worship leaders, Jeremy Camp. (laughs) We also pray that people would follow in our example in this time of disease and foolishly risk their own health to go and help out our boy, help him make a little bit more money by going to see I Still Believe in theaters now. For yours is the Kevin Downs Productions, the Kendrick Brothers, and the Pure Flicks. Forever. Amen. That was good. That was good. Give me a moment's peace and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the sacrilegious edition. (laughs) I'm Caleb. I'm Joe. This is the show where we go and we go see movies that we think might be hot trash, or in this case, are pretty confident. Uh, and then we talk about them. Joe, what did we see this week? I still believe in your holy word. Now we have an artist who's had 32 number one singles, 4.5 million albums sold. Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. I still believe you're getting married. Yeah. But will she get better? I don't know, Mom. Son, you're only 20 years old. You just met this girl. I'm supposed to be with her. The Jeremy Camp biopic. There have been a lot of different types of Christian movies. There have been the kind that I grew up on, the Billy Graham ones, which we need to do an episode on the Billy Graham ones at oh some boy. point. They're great. But then there was the uh, church-made ones. The like, Facing the Giants. Yeah. And then you had your Christploitation ones where it's like, oh, those are making money. What do Christians love? To feel oppressed. Let's just make them where we yell at atheists. And then there were the, uh, and these are still being made, the uh, miraculous healing ones, Mm -hmm. your outbreaks, your heavens are for reals. I can only imagine. Yeah, but this is the new one, right? It's the biopic. Uh, So I think we should start out. Joe, which is your least favorite and uh, favorite of these trends? Oh boy. Um, Can both be Christploitation? Because they're awful, but yes. hilarious at the same time. Yes. My least favorite is definitely Christploitation. I think my favorite is, I, th- I mean, the ones with the most potential to be good probably are these biopics. Uh, like, I can't wait for the uh, American Noise, the skillet story. That's <laughs> such a good title. But uh, I think just purely for nostalgia, my favorite will always be the Billy Graham ones. Your Road to Redemptions. Your, uh, your The Climb. Are we going to talk about this movie? I guess we have to. Jeremy Camp, for those who don't know, is a Christian artist. I just want to go back. I think I said Road to Perdition instead, which is a real movie. That's also (laughs) very good. I meant Road to Redemption. Okay. (laughs) Jeremy Camp, for those who don't know, is a Christian rock artist. Um, Well, praise and worship. He was rock. All, I mean, they name drop Joshua Tree in this, which makes sense because all Christian worship music has sounded like you two for about 30 years. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in, in a sense, rock. I mean, he's definitely more pop sounding nowadays, but I don't listen to Jeremy Camp. I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I was about any. to say, when was the last time you heard a Jeremy Camp song outside of this movie? Uh, yeah. 
years. Um, and this is a uh, movie about his first marriage that has songs sprinkled in. Not graciously or gracefully sprinkled no, in. No, none at all. The movie begins with Jeremy being sent off to college. Uh, did they name drop the college? Yeah, a, a bunch. Then how do I not remember which college Something it was? Chapel Bible College or something along those lines. It's a Bible college a Bible in college. California, yeah. which personally as an evangelical, I think is impossible. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there he meets John Luke. The, John Luke Picard. The I guess he's a real person, but I've never heard he of him. Be. So this guy must be upset because not only did Jeremy Camp steal his girl, but he also has a much more successful career than him. Uh, he was already a million dollar record deal at that point or whatever, as they kept saying. Um, just, and he, was, he was so famous. I mean, I was three in 1999, so I guess. And then uh, he meets Brett Robertson. Mm-hmm. Melissa, was that her name? I should yeah, know. Yeah, it was Melissa. Because every concert scene he says it. Who they fall in love and she gets cancer right after they break up, which means by rom-com conventions, or at least romantic conventions, because there's not many rom-coms there's no, there, about cancer. There's also um, no comedy in this, so. They have to get back together. Yeah. Before we go further, I hate everything about this relationship. It's not a great relationship. She's flaky, wants to keep everything a secret. Jean-Luc, her best friend of years or whatever, dishes her and becomes like the gung-ho man for uh, Archie. I'm going to call him Archie. He's not Jeremy Camp, he's Archie. It's not even like cute gross. It's just kind of like, oh, you're boring. Well, I mean, yes, this is an independent Christian movie. So the couple is, of course, white bread. Yes. But they go from like hesitantly flirting to dating with like the snap of your fingers Mm -hmm. and then from dating to immediately breaking up. There is no breathing room for this relationship to develop. And this isn't even over like at the course of a long amount of time either. Yeah. It literally goes from meet date breakup within the span of cancer engagement. (laughs) Okay. Well, all that in the span of 20 minutes, but the first three in the span of 10, you know, she was a real person. Mm-hmm. So just be careful. <laughs> preface this whenever I say she, I'm talking about the character and not the real person, but she's not a good person. She, uh, first off, I get that you want to keep your friendship with John Luke, but you have to be honest with him mm-hmm. and just tell him, I get this is the nineties, right? Like friend zoning was still a thing, I guess <laughs> you didn't want, you didn't want to hurt him, but like be honest with him. And then she isn't. And so she immediately starts blaming Jeremy for that. Yes. And it's just like, oh my word, why are you still with her? Oh yeah, it's because she has cancer. <laughs> and that'd be bad. Um, she scares me. I mean, I get I get that, you know, Christian movie, we're just gonna they're not gonna talk about their faith together or whatever. But she immediately goes into this goals, goes into the stuff that, you know, seems very culty all of a sudden. <laughs> they hold off on saying God till twenty five minutes. 25 I, I timed minutes. it. But then the floodgates open. Yeah. And so it, No, that was them all they're holding back. They were like, Oh, there's too much. It's all yeah. coming through. And it's the thing, like the biggest downside with, I think these biopics right now are that they're, they're trying to trick you or the, I think the healing movies are like this mm-hmm. too, to a certain extent, they're trying to trick you into like, this is just a movie. It's not a Christian movie, but then. Oh, they hired the, these two leads were hired on the fact that they're very popular with non believer crowds. All that to say, it almost feels like they're ashamed of it until they aren't. They're ashamed of being a Christian movie. And then they're like, oh no, we have to jam it all in. I get that this is a movie and it needs to make money. So, but like Christian movies do make money. So why do Christian movies either have to one, completely isolate themselves into the bubble 
or two, do this bait and switch? Why can't they just be play the field straight? I, I don't have an answer for you. I, I, I don't. I don't have a theory for you or anything. It's frustrating. That's the thing about these Christian movies. I was, I was telling Joe before we started recording, at least this one's not morally reprehensible. Yeah. But it's so frustrating. <laughs> to see all these because i would say this film does have potential and just to see it wasted i wouldn't even say like the christian elements are kind of what drags it down like some movies are i I'm, some aspects i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that's like the sole reason but like no but i definitely think the like hesitancy yeah yeah like just embrace what you are without you know being alienating right because you can be a christian movie that completely embraces the christianness and not be like a God's not dead where then you're automatically going <laughs> foreigners, atheists, Muslims, they're all evil. evil. They're all going to hell. We must kill Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> like there's a balance there that I don't think this film finds. You want to talk about cancer? Oh, or do man. you want to put that off some more? No, I mean, we, the first, the first half I think is, uh, what is sl- slows the movie down pacing wise. Cause kind of once the cancer kicks in, it speeds up ever so slightly and then it loses its footing again. Yeah. She gets cancer and then they kind of montage themselves through it. There are several points where they're like, Oh wait, we have to get through this story. Put in a montage, yeah. find that, find that marketable Christian song and put in a montage. Yeah. And then they're just gone. Well, what was the timing for it that it happened? Oh, who knows? <laughs> But it's prayed away. Oh, they get engaged also. He does this really weird thing. Yeah, okay. Immediately after breaking up, they get engaged. (laughs) You know, he does this thing where like, while he's rising on on the charts and like he's going to concerts and Mm -hmm. with his buddy John Luke and going (laughs) on. His hype man, his personal hype man, who is bigger than him, who is the person who keeps introducing him at shows like during his own sets. And then like on radio interviews, he's like constantly asking for prayer and stuff, which is, it's weird. You know, (laughs) I thought they were going to go super like not cool with him. Be like, my wife is suffering from ovarian cancer or something. I thought they, they never did. Well, okay. They were just like, she has a big surgery. I was like, oh, that's. Well, that's because like a violation like that would be completely in character because I think yeah. the fact that he is having people lay hands on her at a concert yeah. is a violation of her. Like, and, you know, like I said, real story. So if they did this and they were cool with it, fine. But it's just, it's really creepy. It's weird. And hands on prayer is something that I've done. Like I'm a, I'm a fan of it in a church context where everyone knows each other and it's not a bunch of strangers, <laughs> right? Like I've prayed for healing before. It's just making it a spectacle and bringing in a bunch of people who you don't know. It just feels weird and exploitative and I don't like it, Joe. <laughs> if we ever if if I ever get cancer and at your show at a dusk before dawn show, <laughs> please if I go, don't have the people do lay on hands. They get married. Yeah, she gets healed. They get married. Almost immediately. Big surprise. Cancer comes back. And on their honeymoon. Uh, because we got runtime left. Then she dies. Yes. Almost as quickly as everything else in this movie has happened. Then Jeremy's frustrated, so he destroys his $3,000 guitar, and she had slipped in a note into it that was her last message to him. So, all right, y'all. Okay. Oh, boy. You gotta be if, touchy with this kind of stuff. I know, I know. And especially because, like, I am a Christian, mm. and, like, I, you know, I believe in things like healing and God having a plan for you and stuff. And if you're a person who, like, you're dealing with this stuff— and believing that this is part of God's plan for you and having a destiny that's helping you cope and that's helping you get through that. That's fine. And that belief is valid. However, personally, I think looking at cancer and being like, yes, this is good. 
This is a good thing. God can do so much with this. That is not a healthy way to look at things. Mm-mm. It's not a personally, I feel like that is almost robbing the importance of what is going on. Cancer is a terrible thing. Horrible, terrible disease. Yes. And like, why do, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a dick. (laughs) It's just, I don't think that it's, I don't think that's true that God uses cancer to like bring people to salvation or whatever. And sure, maybe I'm wrong. I probably am wrong, but like I see cancer as something that happens because we live in a fallen world, right? And like God works despite of that. He doesn't work within it. And so every time when she's going on about this is my destiny and I'm just one of those stars that, yeah, if it helps one person, I'm like, no, like I think the anger that Jeremy Camp feels in this, like that he demonstrates I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it's reasonable. <laughs> the point is I'm a bad Christian and I'm going to hell, I guess. We should, you should join that podcast instead. I mean, I believe in evolution, so I belong <laughs> on it. These stars from this 10,000 year old world. Have you been to the the, the Museum of uh, Historical Fiction? The dinosaurs? <laughs> uh, but yeah, then she dies Jer- and Jeremy deals with it, which... You know, for a movie called I Still Believe, probably should be the bulk of the movie. Uh, but then, you know, he writes a hit song and then he meets a, a redhead who he goes on to marry. Yeah. Which that seems weird. So he's playing this It's festival. really weird because they just start panning. To, they start panning to shots of random girls. Yeah. One, uh, one guy, one guy in this entire like close up shots of people. Then this redhead gets the camera twice. So, you know, she's important. Yeah. Who has not been seen. Unless she was in that other scene where she said they saw her. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going back to look. But it is one of those things where it's like, oh, I feel like y'all are doing some marketing moves here. And like, you want people to be like turned on by Jeremy Camp. So you're showing all these girls being turned on by Jeremy Camp. It's it's weird. It was really, really odd. Like, I get that this is technically a romance, but that scene felt very... Also, uh, Jean-Luc being there... Being the hype man. John Luke. John Luke's just the best. We all need John Luke's in our lives. Is he though? Because he ditches his best friend and never talks to her. I uh, Well, uh, you brought that up twice, which I think is valid, but I have a whole rant about that. But okay, so here's my rant about this. And this is why I, I feel like this movie falls John apart. Luke. It, it involves John Luke because there's a lot here that's good. I think there are maybe four or five creative shots in the movie which is about uh, four or five more than you get in most independent (laughs) Christian movies. I think it's well lit. I think it's the editing is competent. I like that they, for his younger brother who has um, disabilities, they Mm -hmm. cast an actor who has disabilities, not something you'd see from like a Kendrick brothers movie. Um, So there's a, there's some good stuff here. The acting, I think KJ Appa is pretty Mm -hmm. good. Uh, Lieutenant Dan plays his father, which is nice, but, Melissa is not a character in this movie. She is a prop. Yeah. <laughs> and I think John she Luke. She's fully used to like just progress the plot. The fact that John Luke never has a scene with her. Without the, KJ Apa. No, he's just, he's never in the same scene with her after they have their fight. Oh, after their fight. Yeah. Yeah. Once yeah, yeah. she has cancer, they are never seen together in the same scene. Like he's always talking to Jeremy when he brings all the letters. Jeremy is the only one who reads them, right? Like this is a prop for Jeremy's progression. And I get that this is Jeremy's story, 
And I'm fine with that. I think it's a valuable story to tell. But the fact that one of the characters has no characterization beyond I'm destined to die is really disgusting. (laughs) And it makes everything feel hollow. Mm -hmm. And maybe for some people, that's fine. They will find character in her. But I, I didn't. I felt like she was a shell and they could have swapped out the actress on every take and it would have felt just as like realistic. They, uh, not the actress's fault. This is how they, they've written the character. They, yeah, they don't really do anything with her. All she says is just motivating stuff. Jeremy, you're going to learn from this. She is. And it's just boring also. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, well, I think you've robbed her of a little bit of her humanity here, Mm -hmm. but also it's just like, I guess more from a practical point, more importantly, you've just kind of doomed your movie to be not that good because, but then again, I guess that's the same with every character in this movie. None of them matter. It's all about the camp. He, and he has a personality like for the first 30 minutes where like, he's kind of like, Oh, that bright eyed young Jeremy (laughs) making his way onto college for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then then they lose it. They, as soon as when, when he is with, Britt Robertson. Hey, he has a great personality. He likes he likes DC talk. He likes audio adrenaline. He has an OC supertones. I was gonna make a joke about it. it's like, oh, he has all these '90s Christian bands on his wall. Where's OC supertones? But then it's another scene, and they're up there now. Oh, here's something else. He's a terrible husband. The few times that she's allowed to feel emotion, he he's just in another room and he's listening, and he never like tries to comfort Consoler her or anything. It's really weird. Then he meets his future wife and she has stars on her jacket. And stars are like the only defining characteristic of Melissa. So like this is this is the new Melissa guys. And then we left once it got to the and here they are now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they married. They had kids. It's great. Jer- these are both real people and I'm glad they're happy. I'm not really glad they made a movie. Did this movie save your heathen soul, Joe? Do you feel closer <laughs> to God because of this movie? Did this hasten the kingdom for you? No, hasten but I, the day? No, but I did buy six Jeremy Camp albums on the way home. Uh, that's a that's a good question. Uh, do you think that this is just a marketing tool for no? Because Jeremy those don't, Camp? Don't, the songs they're doing from that time they don't sound like his songs. No, well, it's because every time he starts it's playing just a song, an acoustic guitar, and it cuts to like a. Like the sound design cuts to the studio version yeah. of the song. It's really weird. I mean, it's expected. I, I this isn't Les Mis where they're <laughs> where it's live. Or you know, I walk the line where they do like it's clear that they recorded it in mm-hmm. a studio, but they mix it in with the soundscape of the movie. So you don't think this is just a big commercial for Jeremy Camp? No. Good. I wasn't quite sure. There are some points where I'm like, eh, this kind of feels like they're just trying to sell records, but. I think by the end, it is Jeremy Camp does feel like he has a valuable story to tell. And yeah. This producer just happens just to want to make it's money. Not told very well. Yeah. Which, again, is a step up from your God's Not Deads <laughs> of the world. So, uh, how are we going to rank this? Boring. Just, just skip it. I like how boring has become one of our, like, it's basically an official ranking. Yeah. Like, no, good, it's, bad, it's boring. Good, good, hot trash, boring. It's, it's, Boring is, don't bother with it. You know, if you're a Christian and you liked I Can Only Imagine or whatever, yeah, go see it. You'll enjoy it. I I don't feel like I have to tell people to not see it or ask, beg, plead (laughs) people to not see it, which is a step up. That being said, I just, I think it really rings hollow. And um, because it has such like weighty uh, source material, it can't be fun enough to be hot trash. 
yeah, which is yeah. disappointing. Yeah. Well, there's nothing. I know we're rating and we're done, basically. There's just, it's waiting material. And never once do they try to, like, steer away and kind of lighten up the mood at any point. Never do they joke around about her cancer. No, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think you could have had some great, uh, like, moments where you show the spectrum of emotions you could go through yeah. in this experience. But no. Or even we, before when they're just dating. Yeah. Like, but no, we have to do a montage. Uh-huh. We have to get that Caleb sponsorship in there. So well, anyway, if you'll join me in our benediction joke, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not going to be doing that again. Although if I do get the coronavirus, because I went to see, I can still imagine whatever <laughs> this movie was. Imagine. I'm going to be pretty upset, but you know, God has a purpose for it. <laughs>